Welcome to Annasbrook Church. We hope this message from our Nelson City location pastor, Shannon Johnson, empowers and encourages you. To hear more from our church, make sure you subscribe or visit our website at annasbrook.co.nz for a service near you. pastors here at uh, Annalsbrook in the Nelson City Centre. And, you know, I, I know I say this and I say it a lot, but it really is just so good to have you here. Uh, we really do love seeing all your faces. We love the journey that God has us all on together and love the fact that in this season, our journeys are crossing paths as regular and as frequently as they are. So um, I don't know if anyone's told you this this morning, but Flip, you're awesome. <laughs> love y'all. You're cool. Let's be friends. Excellent. Um, Josiah, this is like on the verge of feeding back up here. Maybe we just, I'll tell you what, I'll talk louder if we bring the mic down just a little bit quieter. That'd be excellent. Because I, I just got a habit of, um, sometimes I try not to get excited. I think, just tone it down, bro. <laughs> and then like, I get up here and I forget to tone it down and I just have a good time. So I hope you, I hope you came excited to be here. Hope you came with a heart full of faith and uh, hope you came expectant for God uh, to do something in our lives as individuals, but also as a community this morning. And look, to be honest, I am, I'm so excited to see and hear all the amazing things that God is doing in this season. And people are just sharing so many stories in regards to God. Uh, God moving in people's worlds, not just in little quiet ways, but really some pretty loud and powerful, significant ways. Uh, ben, when he was up here, he was alluding to a, a couple who was sitting on the second row here in our service just last Sunday. And um, the reason I start by telling you this story is I want to encourage you with the power of what happens when you lean in, even when you don't feel it. Because we had a couple sitting here, and there was this woman who'd been suffering with a bad back that she'd had uh, from an injury uh, over three years ago. She'd been ex- suffering some pretty like strong spasms to the point where it had her lying flat, and she wasn't even able really to do everything uh, that she would normally want to do. And you know, Pastor Brent was here, and he was sharing obviously that word of exhortation of really leaning into who the Holy Spirit is and what He's doing in the season. And, and this guy, her husband, was sitting there thinking, "Oh." I've heard it all before, you know, it's great, you know, it's nice to talk about, but I've heard it, I haven't seen it. And so he just reaches over to his wife's back and silently, because it's in the middle of the talk, you know, you don't want to be a heckler, eh? Uh, <laughs> puts his hand on his wife and just says, God, if you are really here, and God, if you really do this type of thing, would you do it now? And his wife said in that moment, she didn't hear any of the words, but she felt the Holy Spirit, the presence of God come on her like a heat. She felt it like a wind. And in that moment when she stood up to worship, she realized that the pain in her body had completely gone. And I love that because, you know what? We're about to go into another moment where we start looking at the Word of God, where we start, you know, getting excited and encouraging ourselves and who God is and what he's doing. And I want to encourage you, my friend here who was like, oh, God, do you really do that? I know that that will resonate with a lot of us in the room this morning. But I want to encourage you, today, don't be a spectator, right? You know, we're all on the team. We're all God's kids. We're all his family. God is our heavenly father. And I'm truly believing that this morning, uh, God is wanting to speak to every single one of us. God is wanting to encourage and lift every single one of us. It's not just for the person next to you. It is for you. Why don't you turn to the person next to you and say, it is for you. Turn to the other person, let them know it is for you. 
All right. Turn back to the first person. Say, it's for me too. Excellent. Turn to the other person. Say, it is actually for me too, not just you. And if there was no one there, you might want to think about your seating choice for next week. I'm just teasing. Oh, well, hey, some family news. Uh, Ali and Ellen McKeon. Ali, uh, she's part of the church here. She is part of a young mum's group. They had another child this week, a wee daughter called Maisie McKeon. Um, so that was exciting. Uh, Maisie is actually Rosie, my daughter's cousin. And so that was exciting. You might not know this, but uh, we're having another child, uh, Danielle and I and Rosie. And look, Rosie's only three, three and a half. And so the whole idea is quite confusing to her because we keep telling her you're going to have a baby brother. Um, but it's really hard for her to wrap her head around the fact that she only gets it after 40 weeks of waiting. Like, you know what I'm talking about? It's not really like a three-year-old concept. Um, and so she started asking questions like, ah, oh. she's like, daddy is it just a pretend baby? I'm like, no, no, it's there. Hmm. And, and mum's tummy. I'm like, yeah, okay. So on the way to the hospital to see Maisie, she was like, hey, can we just swap the babies? Let's, can we take this one home so we get one today? <laughs> Had to explain that, no, you can't. But I love the logic. Um, that would be called kidnapping. And it's concerning you're thinking about it at the age of three. Excellent. Well, this morning we're going to continue with a theme we started last week. It's a theme that ties into our overarching theme for the year, this theme of revival, leaning into who God is and what he's doing in this season. Uh, But we've got this mini theme that we've started that we're going to be uh, talking around for the next month called All Together Now. It's a theme based around the conversation of unity. And so this morning, the title for this message, I've called it Unity, What It Is. And what it isn't. Unity, what it is and what it isn't. And I know, even as I say that, it's quite a bold title, um, and I want to make the disclaimer we're not going to go through the exhaustive list. Uh, we will be done before lunch, so don't worry about it. Just picked a couple of things. But things that I think are important to us uh, as followers of Jesus, people that are interacting with the Jesus apprenticeship, and also as a community, a church family of people that aren't just doing life, you know kind of alongside each other, but a group of people are doing life together. And so we're going to talk about this idea of unity. What is it and what isn't it? And uh, I just wrote this, starting off, because here's the thing, disclaimer. You know, ah, when we talk about things like unity, I know it's one of those topics where people can switch off because, you know, Often when we talk about unity, it can be a little bit of like a loaded term. (laughs) You know, people think, oh, unity, here we go again. He's going to try and convince me to join a team. It's all about what you want from me, not for like, I get it. You know, like we've all experienced moments in life where whether it be a toxic work, you know, environment or an unbalanced, unhealthy relational dynamic, uh, we've experienced moments where unity and alignment sound more like Oi, get in line. You know, like, oi, do it my way or the highway. And I just want to scrap that and say we're not talking about that at all today. Um, So often we find ourselves climbing onto the lowest rung of the ladder and thinking, yes, I'm on the journey. But too many people stop there. But we don't want to be bottom of the basement, bottom rung of the ladder people. We want to know what it is to actually be able to climb the ladder of human flourishment, to discover what is at the top in regards to what God has in store for all of us um, through the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. So 
You happy if we go along that journey this morning? Excellent. A couple of nods, a couple of yeses. That's enough for me. I would have done it anyway. Uh, you can turn to your Bibles if you want to, or you can talk to the big Bible up here. We're going to turn to Psalms 133, and I'm going to read three verses to you this morning from the psalm. It's entitled, When Brothers Dwell in Unity, and just under, the, under there, in my notes, this is at the top, A Song of Ascent of David. It says this, it says, Behold, how good and pleasant it is when brothers dwell in unity. It is like precious oil on the head, running down the beard, the beard of Aaron. (laughs) I've got a beard, but let me tell you, Aaron and Shannon are not interchangeable names in the scripture. I'm already distracted. Running down the beard, running down the beard of Aaron. Running down on the collar of his robes. It is like the dew of Hermon, which falls on the mountains of Zion. For there the Lord has commanded the blessing life forevermore. Um, we start off with a heading here, the Song of Ascents of David. Uh, it, the Song of Ascents from about Psalms 120 to Psalm 134. This is a title given to those psalms. And the idea, what is uh, suspected is these were psalms that pilgrims would sing together on their journey as they head to Jerusalem uh, to engage in like the major temple festivals. And I love that because even right now as we read through the psalm, which is really a song, uh, it's not just a piece of literature to be read. It's a song, it's a poem, it's creative, it's dynamic, it's beautiful in words, there's metaphors, there's imagery in here. Actually understanding that when it was used, these people were on a journey. They were heading together to a place of significance, a place where they believed God was, a place where they were going to engage in corporate worship. We see that it was written by King David a musician himself. And as we go on, we read these words, behold. And I love that because I don't know if that gets your attention, but it's kind of like starting like that, like, oi, (laughs) hey, listen to me. You know, it's like this massive clarion call. You're going to want to hear this. It matters how good and how pleasing it is. You know, I think at times when you experience unity that isn't good and pleasing, it's probably because we aren't experiencing true unity. Unity is supposed to be something that is good, something that's pleasant, something that is enjoyable, something that brings flourishing. That goes on to say when brothers, obviously we know how to interpret that, ancestors. We're talking about the people of God, every single one of us. How good and how pleasant it is when brothers and sisters, when the people of God dwell in unity. King David It's not hard to imagine him saying these words when we reflect on the amount of disunity that he experienced in his life. You know, he was a king, right? But we know that when we read through the Old Testament, he became the king of a divided nation in the state of civil war. You know, when I think about like the disunity that I've experienced this week, you know, little moments of crisis, I am really, really glad that I'm not responsible to be the king of a nation that is split and in the middle of civil war, right? This dude knew what it was to experience intense levels of political disunity. We all know what that feels like. We have Facebook. He, he was also someone that knew what it was to experience intense levels of personal and relational disunity within his family. You know, I can think of a couple of stories that are pretty brutal, 
Um, so, like, you know, don't be offended because um, it's the Bible, not me. But what about his daughter Tamar? Tamar, who got raped by her half-brother Amnon. Like, the Bible says this. You know, David was a king. It says he was a man after God's own heart, but he wasn't perfect. The Bible literally says it made him very, very angry. But he didn't do anything about it. He had all the power as a king, but yet he didn't know how to deal with the conflict in his world. We read on, you know, in David's life, Absalom, another one of David's uh, sons, he decided to take the matter into uh, his own hands. He goes and he ends up murdering Amnon, right? And then he's so bitter at his father for not handling the situation properly that he actually conspires to take over the whole kingdom and starts to turn the entire nation after or against King David, right? So you've got to understand, like, when we read these words, the dude's not just, like, penning something lyrical because he's trying to get to the top of, you know, Spotify playlist. He's not just writing a song because he's like, man, this is my career. I'm going to be so, like, cool when I'm old. Like, people love me. I've got, like, the dopest tunes. Like, he's interacting with some very, very raw stuff. He's a man who knew what it was to experience some of the most brutal forms of disunity in his life. So when he starts to see it in his life, when he starts to see it in his, com- um, in his nation, he's like, behold, it is a beautiful thing. It is good and it is pleasing. Yeah. And I love that because I think that when we talk about unity, what is it and what isn't it? I reckon we need to start here. Unity yeah. is like camaraderie. Unity is like camaraderie. It's like brotherhood and sisterhood. There's a sense of togetherness. This week as I was thinking about this, I couldn't shake the, uh, shake the imagery of like birds that fly in flocks together. Have you ever seen them? Like, I don't know exactly what they are, but they, they move like this big like morphing organic like living entity that almost looks like one thing as they fly. And it's like, you don't even know who's leading that thing. They're all like moving, but they're moving as one. Um, I, I googled what it was and found out that bird experts call it murmuration. That's what's happening. I reckon that we need to know what it is to have some murmuration amongst us. There's that sense that, yes, all of our lives take a different path, but even though it seems like it's chaotic because there's so many different threads to the weave that is our community, ultimately it looks like togetherness. There is a sense of community. We know what it is to not be passive but active in cultivating brotherhood and sisterhood amongst us. This isn't, this isn't a church you attend to get a fix of spirituality so that you can feel good about yourself when you go and do all the other important things in your life. This is family. We are we. You're not on the outside of this. You're one of us. Camaraderie, brotherhood, sisterhood. Hebrews chapter 10, verses 24 to 25. The author to the Hebrew people in his letter, he says this, And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good words. Good works, sorry. Not neglecting to meet together as some are in the habit, but encouraging one another all the more as the day draws near. I want to ask you a couple of questions this morning. Who do you have in your world that encourages you towards the things of God, not in diminishing quantities, but in increasing quantities as the days increase in number? Who do you have in your world that stirs you up to an increased measure of love and good works as you go about your life? 
Here's another question. It almost sounds like the first. It's not. Who do you have in your life where you are a voice of encouragement, pointing someone towards God? Not just in a decreasing or stagnant measure, but in an increasing measure as the days grow in number, stirring them up to an increased level of love and good works. When I look around the room, I'm just like, oh, I actually feel blessed. I do, because like the sense of brotherhood that I've found, the sense of camaraderie, of sisterhood, of murmuration that I've found in this community is immense. I caught my boy, not biological boy, I'm a gangster speak boy, David King. Man, we're friends. Hey, we don't just work together. We don't just do church together. It's like, he's in my life. He encourages me. How you doing, bro? You know, Monday, how'd you find yesterday? You know, is there anything that you found hard? You know, where can I, where can I help you? When, how can I support you? We're always having these chats. I'm like, bro, how's your life going? How's under the hood? How's your barbecue ministry going? Ah, oh, that's awesome. Like, keep telling, you know, I, I got, there's some of boys. I almost got distracted when I looked up and saw Nick was in the house. Hey, and my brother Jude. You know, we're friends. Brotherhood. Like, we were hanging out on uh, Thursday. Like, extracurricular activity. But to be honest, like, our convos went real deep, eh? Like, we talked about things in life that matter. Spiritual themes. Where is God in this? What are we learning? What are we struggling with? What are we aiming for, right? Jerry. Oh, man, Jerry, we need to hang out more. But, like, look, look around the room. Brotherhood. Community. Encouraging. Stirring one another to an increased level of love and good works as the days increase in number. I reckon unity looks like camaraderie. Here's another one. Unity has Christ at the center. If we continue reading in the psalm, moving on to the second verse, it is like, there's a metaphor happening. Uh, It is like, unity is like the precious oil on the head running down the beard, the beard of Aaron. Running down on the collar of his robes. Now, if you know who Aaron is, this makes a little bit more sense. If you don't, you're like, who is Aaron? And how come we're talking about his facial hair in the Bible? Great question. I'm really glad you asked. In the Old Testament, we see that Aaron, he was the first high priest who operated under a temple theme to stand as a person who stood between the people of God and God himself. The high priest and all the priests in the priesthood, they stood as an intermediary between God and, and God's people, uh, making sacrifices on their behalf so they would know what it is to be able to host God's presence. The theme of temple is one that spreads right throughout scripture because it's this idea of the place where God and humanity and his presence coexist. Is that very, very thing that makes God's people God's people. We, we haven't just come here this morning to talk about God. We know and acknowledge that his Holy Spirit is here amongst us. No longer is the temple made of gold and bricks and mortar, but we read in the New Testament that actually now God resides in a temple of flesh. You as a follower of Jesus, us as the body of Christ, we are the temple of God. 
The author of Hebrews, he says these words, talking about Jesus being the new high priest. Since then, we have a great high priest, speaking of Jesus, who has passed through the heavens. Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast to our confession. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weakness. Oh, are you so glad about that? You don't have to be perfect. God is actually able to meet you in your imperfection and not only recognize it, but actually sympathize with it, know what it feels like. Because in Jesus, the Son of God, when he put on skin, you know, literally put skin in the game, in that process, he actually learned what it was to empathize with our situation. He is able to sympathize with our weakness, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are But yet without sin, let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace in our time of need. I love that. Unity has Christ at the center. When you read this idea of oil dripping down Aaron's beard, oil was... It signified a couple of things. Oil was poured over usually as a sign of anointing, which was setting someone apart for a calling. But it also has this other theme where it's talking about the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. But here's the thing. No longer is there a high priest that is like a man. Now we have a high priest who is our Savior, Jesus Christ, who sits at the right hand of the Father. So we don't have to wonder, who's going to help me connect to God? Who's going to help me connect with the Holy Spirit flowing in and through my world? Well, the answer is, no one needs to help you with that. That is accessible to each and every single one of us. Here's the issue with this one. We live in a world that promotes self-centeredness over Christ-centeredness. But here's the issue with that. Pride and individualism, consumerism, poison the waters of unity, quenching the Holy Spirit's ability to bring the fullness of life in Christ to every corner of our lives and our communities. Here's another thing. We live in a society that promotes that we conform to the patterns of its culture rather than the patterns of Christ's culture. And here's what it says. If you don't conform, then we're going to condemn. But here's a verse. The Apostle Paul to the church of Galatia in chapter 3, verses 28 to 29, he says this. He says, There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave, slave nor free. There is no male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you are Christ's, then you are Abraham's offspring, ears according to the promise. So I can read that quite easily in this context, and I don't think I offended anyone. (laughs) Because here's the thing, we just read some scripture that in many ways is removed by time and culture, that we don't really feel like the fullness of the point that Paul was trying to make. But what if I like rephrased it in a way that maybe sounds more like our culture? I couldn't even call it Galatians 3 anymore because here's the thing. You're not the church of Galatia. (laughs) You're the church of Aotearoa, the church of Nelson. So bear with me. I'm going to read you a verse from the book of Nelson, chapter 1, verses (laughs) 1. You might not have heard of it. It hasn't made the canon. It's not going to. The author is this local pastor dude called Shannon. He's a good guy, but in no way does he claim this to be anywhere near inspired scripture. Nelson, chapter 1, verses 1. There's neither Māori nor Pākehā. 
There's neither New Zealand citizen, immigrant, or refugee. There's neither employer, employee, or unemployed. There's no male, female, or non-binary, for you're all one in Christ Jesus. Sheesh. And if you are Christ's, then you are a child of God. I feel nervous talking like that, even though, like, we're friends. <laughs> because here's the thing. What I just said, that raises some, like, real intense issues. Political issues, theological issues, socioeconomical issues. And the thing is, they are indeed issues. Nuanced and complex issues they are. But as issues, they're secondary. We have to remind ourselves that we don't form our identity around any of those issues. Our identity is formed around who Christ is. Through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, we can find reconciliation with God, who through the power of his spirit, the Holy Spirit, Te Wairua Tapu, wants to lead us in this journey of growth where we discover what it is to actually discover life to the fullest measure. Quality and quantity. It's not bottom of the basement, lowest rung thing. It talks about climbing the ladder to actually discover the fullness of life in regards to human flourishing. Not in a way that sounds all Tony Robbins-esque because it's self-help and it's self-centered and it's about building an empire around you, but in a way where we are transformed in our lives to be more like Christ. Unity has Christ at the center. Um, the band can come and join me. The band can come and join me. Hey, a title. Uh, unity, what it is and what it isn't. I think we've like made a list of two things so far. Right? <laughs> oh dear, that's good. Don't worry. Verse three, let's move on. Unity produces good fruit. It is like the dew of Hermon, which falls on the mountains of Zion. For there the Lord has commanded the blessing, life forevermore. Mount Hermon, the reason it made a mention in this metaphor was a couple of reasons. One was it was the tallest mountain in Israel at the time. But the second is that, as I was reading through a Bible dictionary, saw that this word that we read, Jew, can actually be translated as drizzle or light rain. And it was a bit of an anomaly because this mountain received two to three times the amount of rain uh, that all of the other surrounding peaks did. You know, obviously, we're talking about the Middle East as well. It's not like the lush fjordlands of New Zealand. And so as a result, there was water, rivers of living water that would flow down Mount Hermon. This metaphor that we read here speaks of life, speaks of prosperity, it speaks of flourishing. And I think that uh, we've got to realize that unity produces good fruit. In any, in any area of our lives where there's a lack of fruit or there's poor fruit, you know, especially within us uh, as a community here, it's, like, it's because there's a lack of unity. Unity, that sense of together, that sense of camaraderie, that sense of us rallying around, not trying to fulfill our own selfish ambitions, but actually trying to become transformed to the likeness of Christ that produces good fruit, kingdom fruitfulness. And the last one here I just wrote down, unity does not mean uniformity. It's almost a round circle because at the start, we've all been in places where, you know, the whole conversation of alignment sounded more like, oi, get in line. 
But we actually have to realize that every single one of us is different. Every single one of us is unique. And that's because that's the way that God made it. You know, I was looking at the band here and I was thinking, you know, levels of unity. If Dave was like, ah, I'm a drummer and I only play and get around drummers because I'm a drummer. You know, yeah, cool. You might have a room full of drummers and it might look like you're unified. But man, that's not empowering. That's small. That's closed-minded. You know, Ruby might be like, all right. I'm going to open my heart up to maybe try and grow. I'm going to climb up to the second rung of the ladder. And she might start, you know, just jamming with DK. And that's nice. That's nice. But then Ruben's like, you know what? I used to only play with keyboardists. (laughs) But I think I'm willing to open up my heart so that I can actually play with guitarists and drummers. Now we've got a band. You know, But Ruben's feeling a little bit nervous. So he's like, hey, guys, we're only going to play the chord of C. We're just a C band. (laughs) Dave's like frantically trying to figure out how to tune a drum to the key of C, which I don't even know if that's possible. Probably is an electric kit. But then they start to realize that actually unity is not uniformity. The thing that makes music so beautiful. The thing that makes great songs resonate so deep within is not because there's people that sound and look and do exactly the same thing. The reason it's so beautiful is because actually they are being and bringing what only they can bring, but they're playing together. It's the same with us. You've got to know what it is to be empowered to be you. Be the best you in God. Don't stop where you are. I believe God has more for you. But realizing that we're not just a band, we're not a three-piece, we're not a four-piece string quartet, we're God's orchestra. That's who we are. Instruments created in His image. Genesis 1, 27 and 28. For we have been, uh, God created man and woman in His image, He created them. And do you know when you sound your best? When you let the Holy Spirit play in your life. Because when we do that, unity is not uniformity. When we do that, the sound that emanates from us as individuals, the sound that emanates from us as a community, starts to sound like it's in tune with the divine song that God has been playing since the beginning of all creation. (laughs) When we live self-centered, it's like a chord that's out of key. It's dissonant, a discord, disunity. But as we say, Holy Spirit, continue to do a work in me, transforming me into the likeness of who Christ was. God, I want to live a way that is in line with your song. God, help me know where areas of like what I'm doing are not in line with who you are and what you're doing. It's awesome. It's just this beautiful song that starts to emanate. We start to encourage each other. Hey, man, I see some stuff in your life. It's so exciting what God's doing in your life. Do you know what that is? I think it's this. We get around people that encourage us and stir us on to increase levels of love and good work. I wonder if this morning you'd stand with me. And uh, what we're going to do is we're going to finish this morning by singing a song, worshiping. Um, but we're not going to bring it down in an introspective. We're actually going to sing a praise song because we're going to shift something this morning.
We're going to sing that song, Chain Reaction. And I love it because actually, I went for a bike ride a couple of weeks ago. Last story, then we'll sing. And as I was going for this bike ride, I was up on the top of the ranges behind Richmond. And uh, I was almost at the top when my chain snapped. (laughs) Got caught around the bottom part of the derailleur and ripped the hanger clean off the bike. I was like, ah. When we have broken links of unity in our life, it really does lead to a loss of momentum that ultimately leads to breakdown. This morning, I love, I'm going to pray for us and I'm going to hand to the team and we're going to sing, but I love us just to reflect as we're doing this. Now, where in our own life are there broken links? Maybe there's a broken link of a little bit too much pride in your life where you find it easy to hang around people that are like you, you know, level one unity, but you definitely are like, ah, oh, you think you're the, you've got it all sorted, right? Everyone else is, man, maybe that's a, a link you need to let the Holy Spirit do a work of in your life. Maybe there's a broken link in your life of self-centeredness, where, to be honest, if someone looked at you, it would look more like you than Christ. Maybe there's a broken link of, you know, culture-centeredness rather than Christ-centeredness. Maybe there's a broken link of you're coming, but you haven't yet discovered what it is to feel like you're part of it. Maybe you could ask the Holy Spirit, what does it look like for me to actually feel that sense of brotherhood, sisterhood, camaraderie? Maybe there's some areas of your life where there's a lack of fruit or even bad fruit. That's all right. You're not a bad apple. (laughs) You're a good apple. In the hand of Christ, you can produce good fruit. I'm going to pray for us and I'm going to pass over to the team who are going to lead us in this praise song of all things. But this idea of chain reaction, Holy Spirit, would you do a work in my life that I would know what it is to not experience that lack of momentum and that lack of breakdown but I would know what it is to be able to climb from the bottom rung and actually continue working up that ladder to discover what it is to experience the fullness of life in Christ. Holy Spirit, we acknowledge your presence here this morning and we thank you that you are here. It's our desire, God, to not play our own individual unique tunes, but it's God, our desire to play along with your tune. We kind of see you as the conductor, really, and we're your orchestra. God, we want our lives to to be beautiful things, fruitful things, things that bring your good and your love and your kingdom into the world amongst us. God, I pray for every single one of my friends, and I pray that right now, Holy Spirit, they would know what it is to experience you afresh in their lives. Like that oil that flows down from the head to the beard to the robes of the high priest, acknowledging that, Jesus, you are our high priest, that there's nothing that stands between you and us today, but we can lean into you and know that you will release your Holy Spirit into our lives. God, I pray that we would know what it is to grow as individuals and as a community to be what could be recognized as not just a unified group of people, but one of the most unified, if not the most unified group of people in all of our community. God, help us grow. Help us lean into you. Help us trust. Help us not stay small and close-minded. But God, use us to bring your kingdom, your love, and your life to the city of Nelson. In Jesus' name. We hope you enjoyed this message. If you're wondering what the next step in your faith journey looks like, please get in touch with us. 
Email us at info.annasbrook.co.nz or visit our website.